Welcome to Trending Health, where we provide you with valuable insights and perspectives on the evolving healthcare industry. Brought to you by Dynamic, Trending Health explores industry topics that are real, relevant, and worth discussing. I'm your host, Jen Burke. Prescription drug pricing continues to be a major concern for Americans, both personally and politically. Between rising drug prices, increased cost sharing, and difficulty determining true out-of-pocket cost, drug discounting has grown in popularity as savvy consumers look for simple solutions and affordable options. I'm here with Mindy McGrath and Ryan Hummel to discuss the recent explosion of drug discounts and what it means for healthcare leaders across the industry. I'm hearing the word discount a lot these days when it comes to drug costs and drug pricing and whether it's drug discount cards or discount drug pharmacy options. There's a lot of jargon floating around out there in the ecosystem. So before we really get into it, Mindy, would you be able to give us a quick download on what exactly drug discount cards are and how they work? Essentially, it's a prescription discount card. It's designed to provide lower drug costs to patients who are paying for their medicine, sometimes in cash, but not always. But I think it's important to note, right, that that these types of discount cards are not insurance cards in any way, shape, or form. And they're different from the life science manufacturing copay cards that we see floating around the marketplace that are commonly combined with commercial insurance to lower copayments for, for certain types of patients. And while drug manufacturer coupon cards may interact with drug coverage and insurance coverage, these cards that we're talking about, these discount cards, like familiar names like GoodRx or Drug Discount Network and the rest of them, they are used in place of insurance. And that's kind of at the highest level what they're intended to do. The term drug discount card seems simple, but the process is not. And I don't think many folks really kind of get what it is. And I think one thing that it's worth mentioning is there are millions and millions of people that are underinsured or uninsured. I think it's the last count of something like 25 to 30 million and not a majority, but something like 40 to 50% of folks that are younger than 65 have a high deductible plan, according to the CDC. So when I was doing my research on this as well, it may be helpful for us to kind of talk about how it works, because those are the types of people that really kind of need this disruption to happen, these consumers, as we move towards consumer-driven decision-making in healthcare. But usually how it works is a patient is given a prescription, has this drug discount card, and when they go to get their prescription filled at the pharmacist, they, they actually hand this discount card over, which is separate from the other types of discount cards that, we, that you mentioned earlier. The pharmacist then processes said drug discount card with the information, not the patient's insurance information, right? So it's separate. And then what happens is there is a reduced cash price that is driven by the negotiation of these companies that you mentioned, most well-known being GoodRx that has, has negotiated this with the pharmacy benefits manager or the PBM. So typically or normally, the advantage is that cash price from the drug discount card is less than the patient's copay, which is on their insurance card, and therefore they're paying less than they would if they use their insurance. Now that's good at that episodic opportunity. For folks that have a high deductible insurance plan, you know, part of the savings is that when you meet that high deductible number, but you may never meet that. So it may be good to have this option throughout the year if someone 
has a very high deductible, right? And so that's in front of the scenes, that's consumer facing. And then there's the behind the scenes process. And I mentioned the pharmacy benefits manager, the PBM sets up these networks with other participating retail pharmacy to accept the cards on behalf of these drug discount card companies, right? And then as you know, we're getting into this spin of this money maze that we've talked about before. And then all of this behind the scene works, not visible to the to the patient and their family, but then the pharmacy then pays a fee. And that's how these drug discount card companies benefit or are sustainable. Like Blink, Blink Health or Good Rx that is valued at several billion dollars in market cap. Pharmacies want to do this. They want to partner with this because what it is, it becomes almost a marketing tool, right? These lower prices at the price of payment then entice patients and their families to return to the pharmacy and fill the prescriptions rather than abandon them. So hopefully that kind of slowed down and we kind of talked through the process. I thought that was helpful for me. So I wanted to share it with the listeners as well. And Ryan, I'm sure our listeners are feeling maybe a little bit frustrated, right? Around if they do have insurance, trying to understand like, why is it more expensive for me with insurance than with someone without insurance? And these drug discount card companies are really able to take advantage of you know, pitting these PBMs against each other to get that most competitive rate. Whereas, you know, a, a health plan or um, a single employer is probably working with only one pharmacy benefit manager. These discount companies are partnering with multiple PBMs like Express Scripts, OptumRx, MedImpact, Navitus to really get the best rate and maximize savings for the individual. And this allows like the PBMs and the pharmacies to your point to access a wider revenue base in terms of you know, the covered individuals that they're hitting and able to collect revenue from when they are you know, using this discount card to get their pharmacy um, prescription rather than tapping into their traditional insurance pathway. And Jen, I might just add, like, I don't think it's only for people that are uninsured, right? If you think about drug discount cards, um, they are popping up in your social media pages. They may be showing up in your mailbox. You might have already downloaded one of the apps. Whether you have insurance or not, you can use these drug discount cards, but you just have to understand that in utilizing them, that they fall outside of your deductible. So they're not considered when you use them the payment out of pocket that you make is not considered part of your deductible. And so I think it's a lot about consumer, you know, a lot of this is about consumer education and making sure that consumers understand what the benefit of the drug discount card is and when and how to utilize it. I mean, most definitely it, it is so helpful for people that may be between insurance coverage or may be underinsured or may not have insurance at all. These cards can also be used in government programs, which is highly unusual. We do not see that with manufactured sponsored copay cards where that is not allowed. So there's a lot of flexibility in these cards. And I think that that is part of the, the popularity of them as well is just the, the ability to be applied across a broad spectrum of individuals regardless of coverage. Mindy, I love your point about these discount cards, not just being for the uninsured, right? Even though you're circumventing your insurance, you're not going through that pathway. A lot of the users do have insurance and they might just have one of those high deductible health plans where 
you know, there's a big piece of the cost that they're absorbing personally before their health plan is contributing. I think I saw a statistic recently where GoodRx said that 70% of their users actually do have either commercial insurance or to your point, Mindy, about government programs, Medicare Part D. So obviously these are taking off in popularity, not just with the uninsured population, but across insured or government program participants as well. I'm curious as to whether it's just in the number of people utilizing these cards or, you know, the number of different, you know, drug discounting companies themselves. Why are we really seeing this explosion around discounts in the industry right now? You know, you hit it big when you have a Super Bowl commercial. Yeah, seriously, that's a great call. We're not joking about it, but seriously, we've said it before, right? Drug pricing is a major concern. It is in headline news all the time. I think the data completely backs it up when you see what the concerns are of the American public around pricing in general and affordability and and what we see patient behavior translate into when people feel like they can't afford their medications. They're not taking them appropriately. They're abandoning their medications. They're skipping doses. I mean, all of those things, I think, set the foundation for why we're seeing such an explosion in any sort of discount programs that are available in the marketplace. Taking it outside of healthcare for just four seconds or five seconds, we're seeing the revolution of removing middlemen from almost every industry, right? And so so maybe not removing the middleman of as in PBMs in healthcare, but revolutionizing the idea. And we've talked about GoodRx, single care. We mentioned blank health. I mean, you think about GoodRx, right, for example, which is probably the largest known player in this sector. Their valuation is, is almost $3 billion, right? And, it, and five years ago, I, I wouldn't have heard of GoodRx. Other companies like Blink Health, they cater to these patients that have high deductible plans. So clearly there was a, there was a gap in the marketplace to educate consumers and find savings for them and to allow patients to buy or to, or to fill these medications and increase their adherence with things like price matched guarantees and free home delivery and all of these things. And, and one thing I'd mention as we kind of expand the conversation now around the revolution around drug card disruption and, and disruption in general is we'd be remiss not to mention the newly released company called Cost Plus Drug Company, very generic term, which is a Dallas-based discount e-commerce pharmacy. It was started by a very famous man and disruptor and billionaire named Mark Cuban. He also owns the Dallas Mavericks and the NBA. A staunch kind of disruptor, specifically been talking about this space for a long time. And they actually use their price strategy differentiator in their name, Cost Plus. You know, their model is specifically charging cost plus 15% for, for drugs. And this is transparency, right? And that's something that we know is right for disruption, the idea of transparency and simple understanding. Now, Mindy, you and I have talked about the fact that I think there was only 500 drugs on their, on their list. So it, it's, it's, and it doesn't include insulin, which is kind of the most talked about drug and, it, and how it's expensive. But this is, this is what we're seeing. And I don't think that these disruptors or the frequency of disruption is going to stop anytime soon. The one thing to note in all of this is like the starting, you got to start somewhere, right? And so the starting point has really been focused more on generic products in terms of all of these different types of discount entrants that have come into the market over the last couple of years. But I think what that does, right, is it it speaks to the need or the unmet need that was in the market to 
try to help consumers have more choice, to give them more shoppable capabilities, to bring transparency, which we know has been a, a sore spot in the industry for a long period of time. And I think when you think about what the these types of drug discount cards or drug discount companies represent, I think they represent a you know an opportunity that's been filled to try to bring patients along and give them the tools that they need to make more informed choices and decisions. And the sectors weren't doing it. So that's when you see these new entrants coming into the market. And we saw it with, with GoodRx several years ago. We saw it with Amazon, and now we're seeing it with Cost Plus. And I, I don't think there's any reason to believe that we're not going to see more entrants coming into the marketplace to try to do similar types of service offerings that really cater to the, these ideas of consumerism, transparency, and, and trying to lower that out-of-pocket cost. I think it's going to be interesting to see, right, from a consumer education standpoint, how, how much consumers really understand, though, when they're using these types of services, that it's outside and circumventing their insurance coverage. And that's where I think the rubber is going to meet the road. When people start to have those aha moments, then what does it look like? And is there pressure put on health plans and PBMs and even employers to say, well, why is my cost so much less when I use cost plus or when I use a different drug discount company versus going through my insurance that I'm paying a premium for? So I think those are the types of things that are conversations that are going to start bubbling up as these become more prevalent. Mindy, you you took the words out of my mouth. I think that we've been talking about these new entrants, right, entering the marketplace I think what we're, we're, we're not mentioning and is happening every day as well are these PBMs also evolving really quickly. You know, companies like Capital Rx, which markets this flat fee per prescription policy and really tries to eliminate controversial practices and be more transparent and reflect this transparency at a consumer rate. So, you know, these big, large behemoth company PBMs, I, th- I think we're going to see that industry continue to change as well to meet the disruption and the new entrants in the marketplace. I definitely think those discount cards become a force, right, that could even upend the way the PBMs and plan sponsors and decision makers think about the generic marketplace. It's fascinating to see how this is kind of taking shape. And we talk about PBMs. I mean, they are, they're almost like the the entities that lurk beneath the surface of the healthcare system. Nobody quite understands what a PBM does, how they operate. We talk about transparency. PBMs are probably the definition of an entity that, well, it's not that they're not being transparent. I just think they're misunderstood in terms of the role that they play in the industry. But I do think these discount cards start to bubble up some of the questions that have been lingering out there about how PBMs operate and what their network agreements look like, whether it's with a pharmacy, whether it's with a health plan, whether it's with an employer. You know, and I think that Unfortunately, in in the United States, right, we have this very complex pricing strategy for patient paid prescriptions, which means that in the end, like consumers always get overcharged because the benefits that are reaped by different players in the industry and stakeholders in the industry never quite make their way back to consumers. And, you know, these discount programs really kind of start to fill a void that many consumers were experiencing, especially as the growth of high deductible health plans has just taken off. And so I think, you know, there's, there's opportunities, right, for discount cards. 
One, it's created the opportunity for patients who must cover the costs of their drugs to be able to shop for better deals and cheaper prescriptions, which we know patients are really longing for, especially those that are dealing with chronic diseases and those that, that may have you know, a multitude of different prescriptions that they have to fill every month. When I think about discount programs in general, I think what we are seeing is the retailing of, of the marketplace, right? I think when we think about discount cards, right, they really represent a tool for consumers that consumers have not had in the past. And I think there's a reason to be excited for them. And I think that, that there's an opportunity for consumers to really continue to take these into the healthcare marketplace and for entrants to really think about new and unique ways to use discount offerings to really bring consumers along in their own healthcare journey and feel like consumers have that choice and have the end decision on, on what they are going to do when it comes to their prescription drug coverage needs. I think consumers are really feeling empowered by this discount revolution. Not only are they you know, feeling some of that alleviation of the cost burden of healthcare costs, but they're also feeling more informed and empowered as these these tools are bringing together information that for a long time was hard to access or difficult to find. And they really feel like they can fit into that empowered role that we've been talking about them playing in healthcare for so long. It finally feels like it's starting to come to fruition a bit in the prescription drug space. But we know no revolution you know, stays unto itself in the healthcare industry. It kind of ripples across the whole thing. So I'm curious, Ryan, what impact do you think healthcare leaders should be thinking about or preparing for when it comes to this discount revolution? At the very surface level, I think understanding the landscape a little better tomorrow than they do today is, is step one, right? I think that there, there's just so much being thrown at our healthcare leaders and healthcare companies and across all the sectors. But I think it's important to educate ourselves so that our patients and our families understand that they have these options. And as we retail healthcare more and more and make it more consumer facing, these drug discount cards and the revolution itself provide more access for patients, which is something that health systems have been striving for and continue to strive for. It's part of the access conversation. And I think that that is, that is one piece. I mean, we talk about life sciences, it's a similar concept. These, this idea of more choice and more consumerism in healthcare provides broader access to consumers. If more people, you know, we talked about the value at pharmacy level of folks filling their prescription. It's also a win for life sciences and for the drug manufacturers, right? From a health plan's perspective, similarly, increasing transparency, Jen and Mindy, I think is something that we've been yearning for for a long time in this kind of like dense, confusing world of health plans, PBMs, and what goes on behind the scenes. It's actually going to be a benefit and a value to, to health plans because they're going to have to rethink these relationships with PBMs as these new entrants are entering the market. And those PBMs that are, that are swimming along and working with the health plans in a smart way are probably going to win and there's going to be winners and losers. And I think that every sector is impacted by this, by this revolution. It's not only understanding the landscape, I think it's understanding how these discount programs actually work, right? And like once there's an understanding, some clarity on the flow of the dollars and the flow of the service, I think it becomes clear or maybe clearer to different sectors about 
just where these fit in the value equation, where they fit in the value proposition, how, for instance, how a life sciences company may either have the opportunity to work with a drug discount company, or right now they may have no say, right, in the offers that are actually placed in the marketplace. So I think some of that is not only understanding the landscape, but really having some clarity on on just how the flow of the dollars and the services work in these drug discount companies will bring a lot more opportunity to think strategically about where, you know, whether it's an opportunity, whether it's a threat and, and how different leaders need to think about these programs in context of their business and their customers and their service offerings as well. Well, thank you so much, Mindy and Ryan, on helping our listeners get that first step in terms of inform before they can strategize about what this discount revolution means for this industry. It's great to get a a, a primer on what's happening from the business perspective in this drug pricing and discounting revolution, particularly because we know it is such a primary focus for this administration, the current Congress, et cetera. So I'm sure there'll be a lot of movement, not only on the business side, reshaping the landscape, but the, the public health and legislation side, reshaping it as well. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Trending Health. For links to resources discussed in the episode, to subscribe to the Trending Health podcast, and to explore if Dynamic can help your company manage ongoing healthcare industry change, visit trendinghealth.com. Tune into the next episode, where we look forward to providing you with more insights on the healthcare industry.